I know what you're thinking. But Charlie, we've talked about uniqueness before, and there's no such thing as a unique story. There's just unique storytelling. Yeah, that's true. But in doing so, it's important to figure out how you want your story to be unique. And so as I'm working on Princess Rescue Squad and my space opera story, I found myself realizing that there's a pattern to space opera that I had just taken for granted. And I'm wondering if I should keep it or try to do something different. Let's talk about it on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I would like to start today's episode by saying bonjour, because according to my analytics, the majority of the listeners to this podcast are in France. Now, I mean, it's a really close tie between France and the United States, but there's a lot of you in France, so bonjour, hi, I don't speak French, I'm sorry, um... I actually did a thing in Google Translate that I was going to do is that I thought would be funny. And then I was like, yeah, butchering somebody else's language is not funny. So I decided not to do that because while I might be able to get the words right, if Google Translate translated properly, I, I would not pronounce them properly. And I know that. So hello, everyone in France. Um, I would love to know how you found out about me and what you like about the show. Because I find that strange. Just because, I I don't know, I, I'm surprised that anybody listens to anything that I do. But at, at the same time, like, hmm. I, I did not expect to have a uh, sizable following in a non-English speaking country. And maybe you're an expat. You're expats. I don't, I, I don't know. But I would love to hear from you. Okay. So, space opera. First of all, I feel like I have to say, don't get worried. The Princess Rescue Squad stuff is still in production, but you know I have to go where my mind is, and my mind's flipping back and forth between fairy tales and sci-fi right now because I, I want escape. And depending on what I'm working on, which one is actually providing that right now. So, uh, quarantine. It's a thing. Okay, so... I I have most of the characters kind of figured out-ish for the space opera that I'm working on, and I, I'm trying to hammer out the premise. I've, I've had about three to six separate premises for this space opera, and I like some of them, and I don't like others, and so I decided to sit down, and the first thing I want to say is, I am going to be talking a lot about TV space operas because that's kind of where my heart is right now. And I, I know you cannot repli replicate a TV series in text and vice versa. They're different mediums, and I understand this. But one of the reasons why I'm doing this is I miss having good space opera to watch. And we're only getting the expanse so often. 
Picard was good, but not exactly what I wanted. And I, I don't have any hopes for the upcoming season of Star Trek Discovery. I mean, it'll be fine. They've all been fine. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. But, yeah. So, I'm really wanting to write some space opera because I want to watch some space opera. And this is a way for me to watch it, write it down, and share it with y'all. That, that's how my weird brain works. And so, I went back to all of my favorite space operas. And I, I realized that they all, at least in when it, when it comes to live action space operas all have the same basic premise. An ancient evil has awoken to threaten the galaxy and we have to stop it and save everyone. In Star Wars, you have the Sith. In, for goodness sakes, in Picard, you have Space Thulu. So you have that. That was a thing that they did. And then you have in Babylon 5, it's the Shadows. In the Expanse, it's the protomolecule, or whoever made the protomolecule. And it just goes on and on and on. Now, I know what you're thinking, but what about Firefly? Firefly is a space western, which is a little bit different from what I'm wanting to do. So that's one of the reasons why the um, original series of Star Trek and Firefly both get kind of put to the side because they're both essentially space westerns. Um, Star Trek was originally pitched quite flamboyantly as Wagon Train in Space. And in a lot of ways, it really lives up to that, though the genre of space western would evolve into actual space western and, you know, go its separate ways. But yeah, the original series of Star Trek isn't all that helpful. And even there, so many of the stories revolve around this basic premise. We have a... Think about how often they ran into a god or a sorcerer or something from the deep past or what have you. I mean, even some of the best episodes wouldn't have been possible without, say, the Guardian of Forever. That idea of this ancient thing that causes the problem even permeates the original Star Trek. It is the very first episode of um, The Next Generation in that you have the whole thing with the with Q. Deep Space Nine, you have the Prophets, and then later the Dominion, and the Paw Race. Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. Even Voyager, if you really think about it, its premise star starts with the Caretaker, this ancient being who kicks everything into motion and ends with the Borg. And so I've got to thinking, is it possible to do space opera without an ancient enemy? And in some ways, I guess I have to really parse my genres here because I'm not talking about military sci-fi. I've, I've read a lot of military sci-fi and I love it. That's not what I'm wanting to write. So, yes, you could do military sci-fi without an ancient enemy. You still need an enemy, because generally military sci-fi takes place during a war of some type. But I, I don't want to do strictly military sci-fi for reasons. And 
I don't want to do a space western. We've already ruled that out. And when I say space opera, you know, I had, I want them to be going from planet to planet, system to system. I want them to be traveling around. I want to be exploring strange new worlds, seeking out new life, new civilizations, all that wonderful Star Trekian Trekness, but done my way. And yes, it could just be an anthology series where they're going around and meeting new people which was what the original Star Trek was, and for the most part, what the um, the next generation was. But I kind of want this to be more in the vein of a Babylon 5 or an Expanse, where while the episodes may be separate and distinct, they're building towards something. That there, there is an overarching story there as well. You know, Deep Space Nine, if you will, kind of thing. I guess what I'm saying, I want it to be somewhere between Deep Space Nine and The Expanse. I want it to have an overarching story. I want it to have a plot that carries us from beginning to end. But I want individual episodes that I can we can explore the characters and some of the strange things in the universe. And while I have a lot of ideas for those individual episodes, I, I've been trying to nail down my overarching plot. And I just kind of hit this wall. Does there have to be an ancient evil? And the way I hit it was not actually looking at these other things. It was because that is exactly the story that I started putting together. That they uncover a deep, dark secret to the, to the galaxy. And that mystery, the unfolding of that mystery, makes up the majority of our story. I'm, I'm trying to keep it vague because I don't want to do spoilers, especially since it's not written yet. So they're not really spoilers, but they could be spoilers. And I went, huh, well, I've seen that. I, I haven't exactly seen the kind of story that I'm wanting to tell, but I have seen that. And that's when I kind of went back and noticed this trend. Now, tropes exist in genres to define them. This is one of the things that really irritates me about some of the trope watch that's out there now. Tropes define genres, and without tropes, most genres don't exist. So the question isn't, how do I avoid the tropes of the genre? It's really, how do I do them justice? How do I do them in an interesting way, or maybe even subvert them if that's possible? Throughout this process, I've been thinking a lot about the Lensman books, because I love the Lensman books. I, I really do. Um, in the earliest drafts for the sci-fi setting that I was working on, the main character was going to have some name in common with Doc Smith, because I, I really do love those books, and they have kind of set me out on the trajectory that I'm doing. And of course, if you've ever read the revised Triplanetary, that was when it was put back, when it was put into the Lensman series, it provides the overview of the history of the world, where of course we meet our ancient good guys and our ancient villains. And there we go. 
And there are some interesting ways to do it. There are some fun ways to do it, and there are some not so fun ways to do it. And that's that's kind of the question that I'm having here is which tropes are worth keeping and which ones are worth setting aside? Because in constructing the story, I am trying to maximize fun. I mean, that, that's kind of my goal with all of my writing projects right now is just with everything going on, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that the stakes can't be high or anything like that, but I, I want them to be fun, exciting. I, I just wrote a meditative trilogy on death that I will edit at some point after all of this has gone by because, ooh, yeah, now is not the time to be sitting around thinking about that. And so I'm trying to have fun with it. And that, that that's where this all kind of starts playing around. How exactly do I have fun with these ideas in a way that I want to do it? That's really the question for any of our work, isn't it? Trying to collect the tropes that we like and get rid of the ones that we don't. Like, I really want the ship to have fighters on it because... That's something that I really enjoy, and when I think about how realistic space combat would work, fighters are an integral part to it. They wouldn't have a lot, they're not going to be a large carrier, but they would have a a number of fighters and a fighter squadron in tow. So that's part of what I've been thinking about. And of course, if they're going to have fighters, then there needs to be a reason for them, and dot, 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 dot. See, I'm trying not to do spoilers. This is really hard. <sighs> but having watched and read so much of this type of fiction, it really, it, it, it's both problematic and not at the same time. Because one, oh man, I, I love this fiction so much that I, I don't mind the, the beats that rhyme throughout it. Whether or not I'm coming up with my own version of the Sith or the Shadows or what have you, I like that element of this type of fiction. So it's definitely something that I want to keep. It's something that I really want to be there in the story. But then comes that dreaded, horrible, horrible thing in a fresh way. See, I like the word fresh as opposed to unique, because if I say unique... Then I'll have a panic attack when somebody inevitably points out that in this manga or anime or book that I have not read, somebody did something similar. So, yeah, I, I don't try for unique. But fresh, fresh just means something that for me feels fun, different, new. And that is a very important thing when we're doing something like this. Um, Different genre altogether, but... Pacific Rim was not unique in any way, shape, or form. Giant monsters are invading the Earth. We build giant mechs to fight them. Go. I mean, this is this is Power Rangers. This is the premise of thousands of episodes of TV, movies, you name it, right? But Pacific Rim made it feel fresh because it came through that lens, that very Guillermo del Toro lens so it was a little bit different from what we had seen before. It really felt like a Del Toro movie, and it was glorious. We're not going to talk about the sequel. I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did, but oh, it had problems. 
it suffered from that desire of being to be a franchise. And that's a that's a poison that we've done entire episodes about in the past. And so I guess that's what I'm trying to say. When you're picking and choosing the tropes that you're going to utilize in the story that you're wanting to tell, you have to find ways to approach them with, I don't know if fresh eyes is really the right word, but with a fresh mind. You know, this is one of those places where I almost want to talk about beginner's mind, but it's not even that. It's just that childish glee. What, what would make you happiest? What would give you the most joy to put on the page? What would fill you with the desire to get up every day and write this story? Because in the end, a story that never gets written, well, never happened. So we have to have that oomph, that energy to get up and write. So in looking at these genres and looking at how we want to incorporate them into our work. Because I really do kind of approach my fiction, at least, very genre-oriented, because I I have desires. I I want this kind of a thing or that kind of a thing. And so I generally know its genre first. And all of them have their tropes and conventions. Now, some of which I'm definitely going to ignore. There's not going to be a character that says, oh, that's a very human way of doing things. Because I hate that. And actually, I gotta be careful here. I don't hate that character because Spock and Tuvok and Data are three of my favorite characters, but I always cringe when they say things like human emotions. Mm, I I don't, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't like that phrase. (laughs) I don't like that phrase at all. Or that's a human custom. Yeah, but you're on a multicultural ship and you're supposed to be exploring other people's cultures. Oh, Tuvok. Yeah. So I, that, that that's definitely a trope I'm not going to be using. But as far as the ancient evil, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because it is so integral to the story. And if it's not an ancient evil, it would be a predating uh, Cold War situation which is often part of these stories too. I mean, even in The Expanse, not only do you have the proto-molecule and everything that spills out from that, but you also have the rivalry between Earth and Mars and the Belters. And yeah, it's a bit much in a good way, but it's, it's, you still have those elements. And so that's kind of where I'm toying around right now. Because I I love the idea of having that kind of ancient mystery. I'm just going to leave it at that. An ancient mystery. But finding a way to do it that feels fresh and fun. That's a challenge. And it's the challenge that makes the project worth doing, isn't it? I mean, we talked about that yesterday when we talked about flow. So... How are you challenging yourself in whatever projects you're currently working on? Let me know. I would love to hear from you. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short. Keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I am C. Dorset on both. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. 
Yeah, I, I'm very excited about this setting and well, all the stories that I'm currently working on. And hopefully I will be able to work through my current funk and get those stories out to you in a timely fashion. Because that's the other thing that I'm really trying to work on right now is not having it be years between projects. I, I really don't want that to be a thing. But, well, depression plus lockdown... That was a thing, and now our state is going to be opening up on the 4th. So, yeah, depression plus anxiety <laughs> is the new thing. Because, you know, we run a restaurant and my husband's always there. So, yeah. Thoughts, prayers would be greatly appreciated if that's a thing that you do. It, yeah. Mm. Hopefully we will be safe through all of this. Anywho, um, yeah, if you've got a buck that you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the listener support and my Patreon. Listener support is not going to be taking their cut, um, their commission until September. So I will actually get more of your money that way. Thank you to everybody who already does that. It does mean the world to me. I have a few secret projects working on in the background. I've got a lot going on right now because I'm trying to stay busy so I don't lose my mind. So get ready for some announcements down the line. I got some things coming that I think you all are going to like. Alrighty. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. Um, but if you know anybody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot too. Alrighty. Until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.